0: Welcome to Writing and Robots, a podcast from stephanieannauthor.ca and Love Share. Hello, Stephanie.
1: Hello, Trevor.
0: This is a podcast focused on the joy of writing and the genres that inspire us. And this is, this is our episode, let's call it episode one. Okay. Okay, we'll call the trailer episode zero. This can be our first, our first official episode, and the goal for this is just to kind of lay out what we're mm-hmm. looking to get out of the show, and and who we are, and why we're doing a <laughs> podcast in the first place. Steph, I, I, I would love to hear kind of like you're new to podcasting.
1: Very. Um, I have
0: I have dabbled in the past. I have wanted to do like a writing related thing with you for a long time, <laughs> so what what are you hoping to get out of the show? What are the things that you're looking to do as we're podcasting?
1: Well one of the big things for me when I first got started into self-publishing was trying to find the writing communities that were the best fit for me and so I see this as just another way of building that community Uh, because one thing I've learned is You cannot do self-publishing completely by yourself. It's not possible. Um, You know, I've got...
0: Self-publishing as a moniker is maybe a little bit of a misnomer.
1: More like my name is on everything, but I've asked a lot of people for help (laughs) and advice. And I'm getting to the point where I've been doing this for two years now, uh, this being writing and clearly not podcasting, um, where I have friends and acquaintances reaching out to me asking to pick my brain on some writing and publishing stuff I'm like oh instead I'm... of having
0: 18 conversations you can have yeah, one on the podcast I can
1: just be like oh you have a question about that here's the link <laughs> <laughs> now leave me alone
0: <laughs> I love that and I, I love the idea of building community because writing is so solitary mm-hmm. especially when it like I I feel that very strongly right like novel writing especially I feel like there are there are these long stretches where you just kind of don't mm-hmm. talk to people about yeah. what you're doing it's it's such a solitary experience that building starting to build a community around your writing is is probably important
1: yeah and especially you know if you're an introvert and or have anxiety maybe a little imposter syndrome thrown in are there are you saying
0: that writers might be introverts oh and rid- riddled that with never anxiety never to me <laughs>
1: But yeah, you know, you get into that phase or it's like, oh, I'm going to write everything. But no, I can't let anyone read it. Mm-hmm. So and yes, I am very guilty of doing that. Uh, it was even just a big thing to get you to beta read for me.
0: I'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> so grateful that that you have gotten to do that. It's been yep. such a pleasure. Like every time you have a draft that I get to see, I'm so excited. Oh, there's more coming. <laughs> so community, community is great. Um, Is there anything else that like you specifically are looking to get out of this like yourself as a writer?
1: Honestly, I, I may not have an exact answer right now. But one of the things I've learned, uh, especially writing horror, you just have to keep yourself open to everything and look for those what-if moments and look for those weird little bits of inspiration that fly your way. Inspiration is a very different type of story. That's a very different type of horror, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I have next to no experience with podcasting, so for me this is also just another creative outlet to explore and Mm. to have fun with and to play around with. and. I mean my big experience with podcasts is when my sister drives me to visit our father she will say like oh I've got this one episode of this saved up for you and I want you to listen to it cuz it's really unhinged and I think you'll <laughs> like it so that that's my experience it's my sister's curated podcast list
0: That's fantastic. Well hopefully we make something here that she is yeah. she feels good about adding to that curated unhinged list of podcasts. Enough
1: for the 2 hour drive to my dad's place. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. I think for, for me, any chance to talk to you about writing is amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think community is a great watchword. I think getting into these craft conversations uh, and these kind of industry conversations for people who maybe are earlier in their writing and publishing journeys than we are, I write constantly. I, I, am, I am never not writing, it seems like, because I love doing it. It is a hobby. I'm pursuing traditional publishing right now. But I also am constantly writing for my day job. Like I did tens of thousands of words of material last week as an instructional designer. So being able to be like, what does it look like when writing is your job? and writing is also the thing that you love to do and how do you keep those worlds separate and how do you use them to feed one another um and what are maybe some non-traditional ways like if you're not creative writing but you still love to write how yeah. do you how do you find ways to make income doing that and i know that you have some experience with that oh, as yeah. well
1: <laughs> the stress <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, right now the writing that gets me the most significant income is sending emails. Um, so it's it's not fun writing, but it is writing and it's emails about very specific topics. And then once all my emails are sent off, then I can just write my own creepy little stuff. And you know some of my other freelance writing I have done, well, to me at least, they are dry and boring web-based abstracts, but I know mm-hmm. that the people I've written them for, they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what we need. I'm like, I'm so bored. I want my <laughs> monsters now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But the that,
0: fact of the matter is that that creative writing mm-hmm. that you do feeds yep. that less interesting work and mm-hmm. makes it pop in a way that yes. like, a, a drier technical writer may not. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: I'm taking the boring web-based abstract or email <laughs> and making a narrative that draws the reader in to purchase the service.
0: <laughs> okay, so we, we're we starting to get to our actual creative work. Mm-hmm. So let's just dive into that. You are... Uh, you're a horror writer yes. so let's let's just like let, let's let's put that on the table um the show is called writing and robots we are going to be talking about sci-fi fantasy but we are also gonna be like mm-hmm. doing deep dives into horror um, which is close to my heart mm-hmm. and is like <laughs> entirely englobing your heart yes. I feel like
1: which I mean I did not expect to be this into horror especially you know, writing as a teenager, I was, yeah, let's do high fantasy and then start getting a little older and like, oh, my fantasy is starting to shift into sci-fi and I like the mad scientist stories and, oh yeah, there's some dark stuff that can happen with a mad scientist mm-hmm. and all the implications of what they're working on. And horror used to scare me to the point where it turned me off of the genre completely But I still loved the story aspect of it. So, uh, you know, I would hear about a really scary movie. I would look it up on Wikipedia so that I could still get the story without having to watch the horror movie. And it's only in the past couple of years I've been able to go back and actually watch those movies and be like, Ah, yes, this is a good story. I'm glad I looked it up on Wikipedia 10 years (laughs) ago. Um, And now... I I find joy in those moments of fear and I'm not gonna be one of those people who's like, Yeah, I laugh at all my horror movies and it doesn't scare me and I do have moments where I laugh, but it's usually one of those, you know, I'm in danger kind of laughs. laughs. I'm like, oh boy, that's terrifying, or that's a great special effect, and laughing is my fear response. <laughs> um, and I've just gotten so much joy out of the horror genre and starting in sci-fi then my writing started to take on those darker tones to now I'm writing mostly horror but I still really love sci-fi so I try to pull that in where I can and there's a lot of great overlaps like in robots gone awry or cosmic horror and there's (laughs) great moments to mix both genres so I like that aspect of it
0: that is so good I I I appreciate horror (laughs) i definitely appreciate your horror um i came up on a pretty steady diet of stephen king which we we can get into as as we do as we do our horror dives. but like i always gravitated more to his suspense than his horror and i think that has really informed how i approach writing like I love I love a chase I love kind of this thriller structure so even like even a lot of my middle grade stuff even when I'm writing like middle grade fantasy there's still kind of a thriller structure to it underneath all of the fantasy shenanigans but I love the ability to just kind of like segue into segue from suspense into horror and then come kind of back into suspense so, some of my adult suspense writing very much does that as like pulling in these bits of elemental horror that wouldn't necessarily fit in a different kind of book. But because you're writing suspense, you can kind of like dip a toe in and then re- withdraw and yeah. not have to maintain that level of fear throughout the entire work, but just keep things tense.
1: Yeah. And horror is good for that because there's a lot of different subgenres and levels of horror you can get into. So even some of my horror stories, it's all part of the same umbrella genre, but there's minute differences in how I've chosen to go about certain things. So I've got, you know, something like Cold Cuts and Cigarettes. It's got a bit more body horror in there, especially at the end when you see what happened to Uncle Bob. And then you've got a story like uh, Let Them Eat Cake from my collection They See Me. And that one's got, you know, some more thriller, crazy, stalker kind of vibes (laughs) to it. I like genre fiction when you don't have to just stick to one set of parameters. You can dip your toes into whatever aspect is going to suit that story the best at that time.
0: We kind of, in the trailer, assuming people who are listening to this (laughs) have listened to the trailer, but like, we gave kind of 10,000 foot view, um overviews of who we are. Mm-hmm. So, Steph, who who, <laughs> who are you?
1: Um
0: he says as he is standing in your house. Yeah, <laughs> so looking at my book collection yeah. behind me,
1: I said in the trailer I am an oddball and crazy cat person and that is how a lot of people have come to recognize <laughs> me. Someone recently talked about one of my short story collections on their TikTok and mentioned, yeah, if you check out her videos, she posts videos of uh, life as a writer, but also all her cats. She has a <laughs> lot of cats. So yes, I am the one with all of the cats. That is something I'm I'm known for. I now have, I think, three fictional cats in my stories. So it is something you see in my work. <laughs> um, but yes, I am also an oddball. I... Come from a theater background. My mom was a professional dancer before she had me. So I have come from this very artistic place to the point where, I mean, you can't see me right now, but the t shirt I'm wearing has a lot of colors (laughs) in it um, and some golden smiley faces on top. And I love dressing up crazy. I love wearing a costume. If there is any opportunity to get dressed up, I will take that to a level that is probably past acceptable. (laughs) I wear matching outfits to my tattoo appointments so that I can dress to suit the tattoo I'm getting. I Like, you will see me coming from across the street. (laughs) Um, People have recognized me for that, so... I am a horror writer, but most people out there will know me as the one who dresses crazy and has all the cats. (laughs) And now, person who I have invited into my home, tell me about yourself. (laughs)
0: Uh, I feel like our outfits today are probably <laughs> like very indicative of where we are on the like on the oddball scale. Yeah. Like I'm a little more, a little, maybe a little bit more uh, conventional a human yes. being than you. Um, I'm Trevor. By uh, education and trade, I'm an educator. I do instructional design, e-learning development, writing uh, for a national lot for profit. I don't want to get too into specifics on the day job stuff in here, but it is going to inform what we talk about. So I'll mention it up front. Uh, I, am, I am a dad, like a lot. <laughs> it turns out that three kids, two teens and a preschooler are a lot to chase around. I love doing projects with my kids. That is kind of how I started getting into doing stuff on the internet. And that's where a lot of my creative nonfiction comes from doing uh, doing creative projects with my kids, be it writing a novel. So Persephone's Champion is a project that I'm going to be talking about um, in the pursuit of getting agented and pursuing traditional publishing. And that's a book that I wrote a couple of NaNoWriMo's ago with my middle child, Bia. I do not love wearing costumes <laughs> I love making costumes for people who love wearing costumes and you are very good at that. <laughs> thank you very much um yeah I love I love 3d printing like any making related activity I'm I'm a big fan of so um we do 3d printing we do sewing we do painting we do all of these all of these different pieces so yeah just go absolutely ham for Halloween but yeah like I am much more I am much more like a, a plain solid color t-shirt kind of guy. Um, I'll leave the wearing of the, the crazy stuff I make to others. I, I am not a crazy cat person. I have an uneasy detente with the one cat we have in our household right now. He alternately is a lovable scamp and an absolute terror. Yep. Um, but uh, but we, we got an old man Labradoodle who we're very fond of. A forever puppy who has never quite learned to grow up. So that's us as as people, as creatives. Steph, if there was something you don't, you don't particularly like being called Steph, I should probably I not a, Are oh, you softening on that?
1: There's a whole it it's a thing, but Steph is okay now. Okay. <laughs> I have only ever called her
0: Steph. Okay.
1: Yes, my my husband Mark has only ever called me Steph. Um, whereas growing up, my parents were very much like, it's Stephanie all the time, we have to make sure she's comfortable with her own name, and then... (laughs) Just living, getting
0: real insights into your upbringing. Yeah, <laughs> this episode. I mean, stuff. if you
1: want insights into my upbringing, just read anything I've written. A <laughs> lot of it is based on family. <laughs>
0: so, okay, so this is a good segue. Yes. If we wanted to get a sense of you as a creative, as mm-hmm. you uh, of you as a writer, what are a couple of things that we should like absolutely go mm-hmm. and read to get a sense of you?
1: So, if you want the family chaos, um, <laughs> because. Family trauma and generational trauma has inspired a lot of the ways I look at horror. There is a short story I've got available for free through my website if you sign up to my newsletter. Uh, It's called Casey, and it is about a very complicated father-daughter relationship um, where one person in that relationship may or may not be dead, yes, Uh, The most recent story I published, uh, Cold Cuts and Cigarettes, is actually inspired by my uncle's funeral. I wrote it pretty much when my dad sent out the invites to the funeral. Uh, The main characters are all very loosely based on me, my sister, my dad, uh, his partner, Um, yes, family influences a (laughs) lot of my writing. And I've kind of dipped into some more family related chaos in my short story collection, uh, coping mechanism and other disturbing stories. Uh, One of the stories in the collection is inspired by something that my husband and I actually lived through. And f- okay, good. We're talking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the short story is called Silver, and that story is the reason why my husband is banned from reading that short story collection, <laughs> because I know it will trigger him. So yeah, I take all of these horrible things that happen in life, and I dial up the horror to Eleven, and then you've got other stories like Coping Mechanism itself, The story that has traumatized my beta readers, including Trevor, where
0: (laughs) I thought that's the one you were referring to when you said, me and my husband lived through
1: this. (laughs) Thankfully, that one is not based on a true story. That one is just my brain went somewhere real dark one day and Mm -hmm. I followed it.
0: This is a story that is not for Trevors. I found that one very upsetting.
1: That, yeah, that story is not for everyone. Uh, When I was hiring uh, copy editors, I put a disclaimer and said, hey, one of the stories deals with a very challenging topic. And I had one editor reply back and say, you know, thank you so much for this morning because uh I don't feel comfortable dealing with that kind of subject matter but your collection sounds great so I'd love to work with you in the future just not on stories that deal with that just not on that yes so if you're curious go read Coping Mechanism and prepare to be traumatized
0: uh it is <laughs> It is traumatic. Um, I would also like to shout out uh, the title story from your first collection. Yes. Please rate your satisfaction. Um, I don't know that that's my favorite of your stories that I've read. Um, but I love that you're bringing props to this podcast, <laughs> to this audio medium. Um, I, But yeah, I love that. Um, I love that story so much. It is uh pure sci-fi oh it's yeah. it's not horror uh which is weird but like i feel like that's that story is a really good encapsulation of like the way your brain works when it is not going to, yes. <laughs> to those extremely dark places
1: well i mean because it's still a really sad story like
0: it truly is yeah <laughs> like, yeah
1: my brain might not have gone to a dark place but it didn't want to go to a happy place yeah <laughs>
0: Um, I would love to see that as like, we were talking before, I would love to see that as a radio play. I don't know, maybe we'll try and do that for this podcast. We'll see. Um, But I, I would also love to see it as a short film. Like I think either medium would really do wonders for that story. It is just... Anyway, it's so good. It's um, a
1: good thing we know a lot of actors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to be effusive in my praise without like getting into what's actually in the story because it's, um, it is it is really worth a read. Um, and we'll link to everything in the show notes. And at writingandrobots.com, we'll put links to all, all of Seth's collections.
1: All right. So now that we've heard all about my chaos, tell us a bit about your writing.
0: So I am... Uh, I, I do two things primarily. One is creative nonfiction. So I do personal essays. Um, and I've been experimenting, kind of tinkering with that form on and off for uh, for some years now. Um, most of that stuff is at lovemakeshare.ca. It's mostly around uh, making stuff, um, parenting. It is often about the fusion of those two things. The Love Make Share project is kind of about building a family through creative projects and through creative expression mutual creative activity but yeah I, I try to have fun with the creative nonfiction by putting uh, a little bit of a narrative spin on things that are otherwise pretty mundane in day-to-day life but can can end up being really special if you take the time to stop and appreciate them on the flip side I do novels I'm really jealous of your ability to write shorts. Like, I feel like if I could be like, this is a great idea for a short story, and then just write a short story, I would have much, much more output than I actually do. But, like, I'm, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm just, I'm a novelist. I like writing novels. Um, it is a form that brings me great joy. Like, being able to explore ideas and characters over that amount of time you get to you get to play with an idea or a character in multiple ways rather than rather than having to be quite as focused. I think I'm just coming to grips with the fact that I just don't have the focus to, <laughs> to write shorts. I write a lot for my kids. This is going to become a recurring theme in my work. So as they as they grow up, I kind of shift to different levels of writing. We've done uh, lower middle grade. So I've got a a uh, a lower middle grade fantasy series. The first book in that is Annette and the Broken Shroud. Hey, it's about a tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is about a tooth fairy, but it's also about um, unlocking an ancient and arcane magic that may bring an end to fairy civilization. Then there's Persephone's Champion, which, again, I'm going to be talking a lot about because that's kind of the focus of the agenting and publishing journey that I'm on currently. It's a mythological fantasy adventure set in ancient Greece. It is uh, tonally very contemporary, I think um and it has a wild cast of characters uh and it kind of deals with the way we tell stories and the way we find out who we are so it's it's a bit of coming in coming of age it is also a bit of uh the world is gonna end because some people with good intentions are taking very bad actions so i think that's that kind of is that's a bit of a snapshot. Um, when it comes to adult novel writing, um, I have not done, I have not written a book for people my own age in some time. <laughs> we we're, were talking about before the show about like I had to, I had to kind of put away the books for kids because because um, it's just a lot. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to parent and it's a lot to um, do work for other people at the day job and then come home and write more things. Creatively for other people, for other audiences. So I think I kind of want to start getting back into writing uh, adult fiction as well. Um, and I love, like, I love thriller as a form. I love suspense. I love weaving in that kind of elemental horror aspect. So yeah, thriller is is kind of where I play when it comes to adult fiction. If you want to get kind of a sense of me and my creative work. Persephone's Champion actually had a a short-lived podcast associated with it during Nano 2020 when I was writing it and kind of breaking the story with my middle child Bia. So we'll link to the the Persephone's Champion podcast in the thing. It's still up apparently. (laughs) And then in terms of creative nonfiction, I think uh, I wrote a piece not too long ago called The Velveteen Rabbit. And that is about my littlest who is uh three years old and it's kind of me coming to terms with with her growing out of certain things that i maybe wasn't quite ready for her to grow out of yet i have a youtube channel that i put stuff on from time to time uh and i did a piece about um the laptop that we're using right now to record this podcast (laughs) the framework laptop 13 that i think uh was pretty good and has been pretty well received by people so if you like tech then I'll put a link to that video uh, in the show notes and on the website as well.
1: Yeah, and for Persephone's Champion, I got to beta read that one. Yeah. And I like I was a classics club nerd in <laughs> high school. Like Greek mythology, absolutely. Although I was scared to beta read because I was like, oh man, I haven't read any middle grade fiction since I was a middle grade reader. like the only the only stuff I have in my book collection that fits in that genre is stuff I read in the early 2000s when I was the target age range um and you know obviously now I am being that thrill seeker of trying to terrify and gross myself out with all the horror but reading Persephone's Champion I was like oh yeah I'm getting really invested into the characters and I'm loving all the mythology and so yes, as someone who does not read that genre a lot, or has not read it in decades, I highly recommend that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's just talk a little bit about where the show is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we will talk about our projects, but I think the goal is to do yes. craft, industry, mm-hmm. um, and, and genre stuff. Like We'll, we'll talk about yep. other work that we like. Um, talk about horror movies. Yeah. Talk about sci-fi. Our topics list has a Star Trek deep dive Mm -hmm. on it (laughs) for some point in the future. We'll talk a little bit about kind of conventional wisdom that floats around in these online writing communities that we both like exploring. And maybe whether it holds up or whether it doesn't. Something that I would really love to do is do some flash fiction prompts and maybe we'll do some readings on the yes. show.
1: I love a good writing prompt. I even love the bad writing prompts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm sure we will give some of both.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: um, no writing prompt for this episode, but we'll come up with a couple for uh, for the next one. I think it would also be good for us to give recommendations about things that we are watching reading liking kind of in these genres uh that we enjoy i'm gonna put you on the spot is there anything I'm that you ready. have read or watched recently uh, yes <laughs> she assumed a power yes. stance as soon as i <laughs> asked for a recommendation
1: uh so recently i watched crimes of the future by david cronenberg which i was telling you a little bit about before we started recording uh the more cronenberg i get into the more i fall in love with his style and as I was saying, this this is a film where the plot maybe isn't the main focus of what's going on, but I love how weird everything looks. I love just sitting and watching, like, this is some strange shit, and nothing of value is going on, but it's weird, and it's pretty in a disturbing way, and I like it, Um So that's my current movie recommendation, uh, especially if you like Cronenberg. He's got such a distinct visual style, especially with all the props and the set pieces. Uh, And my book recommendation, uh, right now I have about 300 pages left in The Fireman by Joe Hill, and I'm loving it because I'm having these moments reading it where I keep having to go back to the front information page with you know all the isbn numbers and to double check the publication date because there are some things coming up where i'm just like i cannot believe that this was written before 2020. fascinating especially those early chapters like this is this is kind of scary in how accurate it's predicting some of what we went through with COVID and yes, the book takes it to a more extreme level where you are physically branded by this illness. So it's easy to see who's sick and who's not. Um, The progression of the illness goes to absolutely fantastical levels. So yes, it's like COVID on steroids, but some of the, relationships between characters and the scenarios that pop up I'm like yep that's really accurate because when you put that kind of stress on a population (laughs) things are gonna happen so yeah I'm really excited to finish reading that and I'm hoping to power through some more tonight after I finish my work day
0: fantastic I need to read some of Joe Hill's Mm -hmm. work Uh, A a very ancillary recommendation is um, this brilliant Twitter account called The Midnight Society. Do you follow it? No, Okay. I will. Uh, It is is a a parody account. Uh, It is a group of horror authors who get together and chit-chat. And the relationship between Stephen King and Joe Hill, (laughs) as depicted uh, by The Midnight Society, is phenomenal.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: (laughs) It's really good.
1: Well, and it's, you can't read Joe Hill's stuff without thinking his dad is Stephen King. And then it invites
0: comparison.
1: Yeah. First of all, it invites the comparison. Second of all, even though they've got their own styles, their own voice, there are these moments when you read Joe Hill. And it's like, hmm, did your parents influence this? <laughs>
0: While you look up the Midnight Society, I'm gonna give a couple of my recommendations. Um, the first is I've been I've just started The Bear, the FX series oh. on Disney, which is available on Disney Plus in Canada. We are coming back to that show when we talk character and characterization because it is masterful. It is also a tremendous example of doing all of the storytelling, like all of the um, background development without any exposition. Uh, You understand exactly what the history of these people are without ever having a flashback without ever having somebody just sit down and exposition dump to another character nobody is narrating their life story to anybody but you know exactly where everybody is and has come from despite the fact that none of that ever happens so that's my first one in a landscape of prestige drama that is wildly overwritten (laughs) the bear pulls that all way back and lets actors act um, but lets very good writing happen in those gaps Um, and my other recommendation is Okay, N.K. Jemisin is my favorite working author right now. Um, and she's, like, very aspirational for me in terms of, like, her rich characterization and these, like, it's it's cliche to talk about N.K. Jemisin's world building because that is the thing that mm-hmm. she's kind of known for as an author. Um, and I was like, there's no way that this person has been this good at writing always. <laughs> And so I picked up her debut novel which is The 100,000 Kingdoms and I was like there's got it like there's <laughs> got to be growth if she just emerged fully formed as this incredible world builder
1: she might be a robot
0: she might be a <laughs> robot she might just have like you can't have somebody spring fully formed into mm-hmm. existence like this right and then I started reading and I was like oh uh oh maybe maybe some writers just Uh-oh. are this good fortunately It is like rough in some interesting ways as you get into it in ways that like her later work is not. And I think it is a really interesting look at like a really incredible author's origin story essentially. And like you see the seeds of the things that make her great, but they're not always applied Mm -hmm. the way she applies them in later work. So I think that that was a really uh, informative read for me. And also it's just a it's just a good story. And there is some wacky nonsense in it as well like just some really out there conceptual stuff that I really appreciate hey what if gods were slaves
1: Ooh, I like that
0: yeah that is kind of the, the <laughs> <laughs> that's not the foundational question of it but in terms of building uh, in, in terms of building the world mm-hmm. that is kind of the thing that it, it hangs with the most so yeah the hundred thousand kingdoms is my book recommendation for this week nice speaking of weeks this is probably going to be a bi-weekly show I don't think either of us right now have the capacity to do more than one every two weeks.
1: Life is chaos.
0: Yeah. Um, So I look forward, Steph, to getting back together with you and putting together another episode of Writing writing and Robots in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Yes. And as it is now September, this is basically Halloween Eve. So (laughs) I am definitely going to have a lot of horror recommendations in the coming podcasts.
0: I will probably have fewer horror recommendations because my pre-Halloween project is uh, upgrading a Spider-Man costume for the preschooler. (laughs) Um, She actually is going to be wearing a costume that was made for me when I was like, not quite as young as her, but pretty darn close. That's adorable. So yeah, it's like faded and battle damaged (laughs) over time. The mask is like, she can't see out the mask. So we're making some upgrades. It's going to be a good time. She
1: better come to our place for trick-or-treating then so we can see this.
0: She will. She's already practicing to trick-or-treat. We'll be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Where can people find more of you?
1: Uh, On my website, stephanieannauthor.ca. Can't remember my own (laughs) website. Mark? Okay, yeah, stephanieannauthor.ca. I have just confirmed with my husband slash web developer. (laughs) Um, Also, I'm on all of the usual social media channels. However, it is my TikTok that seems to be getting me most of the recognition because people love when I do weird and unhinged stuff. So if you (laughs) want to see me... Be an absolute weirdo while giving little tidbits about writing life. And, you know, if you just want to see the cats, look up Stephanie Ann Author on TikTok (laughs) and you will not be disappointed. And where can people find you, Trevor?
0: Well, you can find my creative nonfiction at lovemakeshare.ca. All of the video stuff that I've done is linked there as well. You could go there directly if you wanted. YouTube.com lovemakeshare.tv. You could also find me on, goodness, what socials am I on now? Instagram, Twitter slash X, <laughs> and Mastodon. Look for lovemakeshare on any of those and you'll probably find me. So close to the end, and the cats start getting restless.
1: Yeah, they are now at the point where they would love to be guests on the podcast.
0: You can find episodes, show notes, our recommendations, more involved author bios, and links to everything we've talked about at writingandrobots.com. And please do subscribe to the podcast on your podcast catcher of choice. Hey, do you remember the era when the apps used to subscribe to podcasts were called podcatchers? No. Probably not. (laughs) That's a real old head thing to talk about. Um.
1: (laughs) I mean... I know next to nothing about podcasts, so you could tell me this is something that was around last year, and I'd be like, no, I've never heard of it. Well, you're in one
0: now. Uh. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, as always. Yes. uh, Even with a microphone between us Mm -hmm. this time. Um, And my
1: many props that no one will see.
0: Visual aids for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Maybe maybe find something with a a slightly more horror-ish vibe in honor of your stuff. Like, I know robots are...
1: a cosmic horror type sound, because then it's a little bit of the horror and the sci-fi, and oh no, there's tentacle monsters lurking in the shadows. I'll
0: I'll grab my Sounds of Cthulhu (laughs) CD.
1: (laughs) Look, some people listen to whale songs, some people listen to Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah,
0: the unspeakable ones, uh, mutterings and ramblings.
1: Best way to fall asleep at night.